This is Grabbing Lunch, episode 14. My Lunch with Baron Vaughn and Ryan Singer, episode 14. Amazing. Uh, really quickly before we, we get to the episode, uh, if you or someone you know is going to be in the San Francisco area this weekend, that would be Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, February 7th, 8th or 9th, 2014. I'm going to be up there doing some shows for the San Francisco Sketch Fest. So you can find tickets and information at mattknudsen.com, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com. Uh, while you're there, hey, follow me on Twitter, at Matt Knudsen. You can like me on Facebook or even make a donation uh, to my support page as I run the LA Marathon. It's part of Team St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That is on uh, Sunday, March 9th, 2014. It's all at mattknudsen.com. Okay, um, my guests for lunch today, Baron Vaughn. Baron Vaughn's a great comedian. He's uh, had his own half hour on Comedy Central. Uh, he's been a regular on the show Fairly Legal on the USA Network. His album, Raised by Cable, is available on iTunes, Amazon, and you can learn even more about him at baronvaughn.com, B-A-R-O-N-V-A-U-G-H-N.com. And, of course, Baron Vaughn sounds like this. Bum, ba-dum, Springtime, oh, the birds are in the trees. Springtime, oh, just feel the breeze. He like that. Something like that indeed, Baron. Uh, my other guest is Ryan Singer. Ryan Singer, also a great comedian and good buddy. Proud to call him a good buddy. Uh, in addition to his two albums, uh, How to Get High Without Drugs and Comedy Wondertown, he was just named as a comedian to watch by the LA Weekly magazine, which is very cool. Uh, he's also the opening act for Mark Marin and a frequent guest on his WTF podcast which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I think you could say that, too. Uh, you can find out more about him at his website, Ryan Singer Comedy. And Ryan Singer sounds like this. I like to try to sing all every song that's on the radio. I like to try to sing it as if, like, how would Waylon Jennings sing this song? And Ryan does sing things like Waylon Jennings in this episode of the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. That is it, guys. You can see pictures of my guests linked to conversation topics or even make a donation to the show at grabbinglunch.com. Plus, a portion of every donation made goes to support the L.A. Food Bank here in Los Angeles. Uh, you can follow the show on SoundCloud. We're about to hit 500,000 followers. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. Hey, give it a five-star rating. Write a nice review. Come on. And and last but certainly not least, we are on Stitcher Radio. It is Grabbing Lunch Facebook, uh, at uh, Grabbing Lunch on Twitter, or you can just find me at Knudsen.com, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. So with that, my friends, here is my lunch with Baron Vaughn and Ryan Singer at Yucca's Burrito Stand in Los Feliz. Technically, we were just sitting in the parking lot of a liquor store. But in a way, aren't we all? Let's eat. They let me just kind of move the table here. And I, they generally, they keep them in that neighborhood. And I'm like, damn, can we? Apparently, they're permitted to, uh, to have tables here like three days a week. Uh-huh. But he said I could put it here for like... Okay. A half an hour. Okay, cool. So I thought I would. 
Yeah, but again, what's a half an hour, yeah? What's a half an hour between total strangers? Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh... <laughs> Ooh, and there's a liquor store right there. Sure. But when you sit in the parking lot of a liquor store, <laughs> anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, if things start to go badly, you can just go. Yeah. You seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Not yet. It's not ruining anything, but there's like a section in the movie where he's like, I'm clean, I'm sober. And then like something, he's like for two years and then something bad happens. He like cuts open the couch cushion there's a big bag of cocaine. <laughs> Second, it, always, yeah. it was stored. It was yeah. stored just in case it got a little real. He's like, oh, I gotta go back to default mode. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I liked it. It was uh, it was like three hours long. Was it? it no, I've been hearing like people either love it or just didn't care for it at all. I could see that. Like my wife did not, not a fan. Yeah, yeah so there was a lot of debauchery, a lot of uh, drug abuse, a well, lot of. I'm on board. <laughs> He's going down the singer checklist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like all those things. So I'm guessing there was probably just kind of breasts everywhere. Breasts everywhere, hookers, like literally doing coke off prostitutes' butts. Oh wow! You know, but it was it was like based on a true story. Setting up that shot, okay. <laughs> like genuinely, like everyone trying to be be professional. Right. Hey, come okay. on, keep it together, guys. In the hookers, naked ass. Yeah. In the fake coke or whatever. Right. If in fact. Or the real coke. Or even better. Coke. Oh my god. Or right. the new coke. It's, yeah, they've reformulated Coke. It's new Coke. <laughs> I also wonder, too, does, like, the, the actress who's just playing the hooker who gets the cork, you know, the Coke snorted off her butt, does she have a stand-in? Or is she just like, if you don't have a speaking line, you don't get, you don't get a stand-in. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. you, you are your own stand-in. So, all right, let's get your naked ass. Let's go. You, you have to have speaking lines to get stand-in probably. I don't know. I don't know. Because then... Then you're just kind of like a featured extra, unless you're a cast member or something, right? Right. Right. Huh. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we're in Scorsese's next movie. Yeah, right. That'd be is, fucking pretty cool. It's a question of time. Question of time. What uh, What do we have here to eat? So are you Are you vegetarian? Am I crazy? Uh, mostly vegetarian. Yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, beans and... Okay. Well, I didn't even know us. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Burrito stand, right? Yeah, it's like a, I believe the Los Angeles, or Mexican term is taqueria. Oh. Taqueria. So. Got it. But this is my first time here. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Long time caller, first time listener. (laughs) I'm excited too. And they were nice enough to uh, uh, let us move the table out here in the parking lot. Cool. And the woman too, I came up, you know, they were like 15, 20 minutes before they were open. And she was very... Apologetic. We're not. We're not open yet. No. Oh, did they open at ten thirty? They open at eleven. Or eleven. They open at eleven. It'd be great if like Baron rolled up in like a Bentley, and he's like, "I don't have a car." Yeah, yeah. Except for this one. <laughs> oh, wah. Yeah. Yeah. He texted us. Yep. Man, a little bit right. ago. Yeah, it's alright. It's no big deal. Okay. I just want to make sure that uh, you know, you didn't. I know. You Unless he's going. You might have stuff to do. It's. It's uh, Super Bowl commercial season right now, isn't it? So they tell me. I had I could... my first three auditions last couple days. Congratulations. And they just felt like... Killer. Well, I, I felt like, I don't know, I, I walked out of there just having no idea how they went. Which is weird. Because, you know, we're so used to knowing how our sets go. Right. Ever, anyone ever giving you good advice about doing commercials? If they have, I don't know. <laughs> I hear you. I think the best advice I got about doing commercials is give the performance that you would tell the actor to do if they hired you to be the director. If that makes sense. Okay. So, like, like if you didn't, if you weren't going to be like on camera, it's almost as if you're showing them how the role should be played. Exactly. Yeah. If they hired you to direct a spot, and you're like, you're telling the actor, like, right, what I want you to do is like really keep it in until you hear this and then you really kind of once you hear the word you know oh that's funny because Osh hardware that's, store that's when you give, really get excited you know? do they normally give you uh, like a lot of direction beforehand none at all because I've gotten intense directions before like 
Well, there's a, there's something called weird. the group explanation. Yeah. Where you, oh yeah. You know, all right, everyone here's what we're doing. All right, well, the wife's gonna come in. She's got a skillet full of eggs, and she's gonna spill them on your lap. And when you do, that's when you punch your baby. Like, oh, anyone has any questions? Nah, I think we got it. We got it. But that's when they bring like everyone who's waiting in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. I walked over from my ex-girlfriend's place last night. Or this morning. Did you say ex-girlfriend? Yeah, we broke up. Before before Christmas. Oh. I haven't seen her since I saw her on New Year's. I didn't know that. Sorry, buddy. No, it's fine. I mean, obviously, I spent the night there last night. Was it the sweetie thing? Well, you're undating. Kind of, but not really. Yeah, you're undating. That's what I call it. Yeah. It's like for however long you go out with somebody, like if it's two years, it takes one year to stop officially, like, saying, well, I just, I think I left. You still have my CDs? Oh, it's so funny because I just saw this movie and it, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she does have shit of mine and I have shit of hers that I want. There was my wham poster. Here's my wham poster. Well, there was a much, there was much, um, Importance on having things that were ours, which I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Right. <laughs> Here's how committed I am to the relationship. These are ours, <laughs> exactly. I had a friend who used to like, like, have a dog Cut all this. with a girl, and like, I, she like, it did not end well. But they still had to be like, I'm coming over to get the dog. It was like, oof. They were like co-parents of this. Oh yeah. This uh, woof indeed. I had two dogs woof. with that woof. girl. There it is. <laughs> there it is. The girl I lived with, we had two dogs. Yeah. And when the breakup happened, that was the biggest stress of all. Was right. what happens to these dogs? Because I couldn't take care of a dog myself because I'm on the road too much. Right. And she unless a dog she is part of your act, and she couldn't take right. the dogs by herself. Yeah, right. And uh, dog, the bounty comedian. <laughs> so we had to. Uh, I had to adopt out one of the dogs. Luckily, my sister took it. And then uh, she kept the other dog. So I still get to see both of them. Oh, nice. Oh, so this is recently. The dogs are still up and around. Well, this was uh, five years ago we broke up. So, wow, it's been five years since... I've had those dogs. Isn't it great to always remember the exact time? Like, it's been five years since the holy shit. Well, I'll never forget. I'll never forget it because it was uh, was election night, uh, 2008, when we broke up. That's Mm. when Obama got elected. And yet, Obama's elected again. No, first time. That was the first first, first time. Obama's been elected president. It's in the beginning of a new era. As well as the end of this one, yeah, that's <laughs> the like, era of you and me. It's like the change, like change, like his big campaign was change. Change, right? Here's I a gotta, change. I got to change. Yeah. I got to change. It was the happiest and saddest moment of my life that night. Huh. We got to get the uh, this taco stand is backing up. You guys can hear that? Yeah, yeah. We got to get the uh, Tabasco sauce. Sure. There's like sauce, but there's com- it's communal, so someone might steal it before us, and I hate that. Oh, where is it? You know what? I don't think they actually put it out yet. They just oh, okay. o- opened, right? What's going yeah. on? Were you guys the first people to order anything? Were you guys here right at 11? I was here at like quarter to 10. Son of a... Yeah. I got here at 11. Well, the thing is, like, well, I, well, I got to, you know, with all the production components, uh, there's, sure. I have to be here to suss it out. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Let me see. Plus, I've already eaten several meals. I don't know what the sauce is. You have to ask for it. Yeah. I don't know what D. We all got lemonades. Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. And here's some jalapenos, just in case anybody wants to. Oh yeah. Jala. I bet Jala, jalapenos. You got the carne asada. I did. Yeah, I got carne asada tacos. I'm guessing B is beans. B feels like it should stand for beans. It's got some weight to it. It's a, it's a girthy burrito. Did you order extra girth? I said. Yeah, I'm uh, feeling really. Empty, and I would like to have trouble sleeping for yeah, two to three I days. To, I need to get. Oh yeah, this is definitely a beans and cheese burrito. Oh, yeah. We've got. Yeah. Barons off in search of the elusive Jalisco sauce. Yeah. He doesn't trust the community. They're like, oh man, they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna steal it. all the sauce before I have a chance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill those guys. Oh, look at this. She asked green or red, and I was like, I'm with a couple of gringos. So I need, right, sure. I need the, the red. <laughs> they can't handle green. Honestly, if you don't somehow market jalapenos, it has this kind of like crossover. It's jalapenos. Jalapenos, y'all. 
I don't exactly I'd buy that know. in a heartbeat. I know you would. Yeah. But the black community I would, would also protest buy me. Is that true? Yeah. We're always protesting each other. Oh, community. that's right. Oh, I keep forgetting. You guys want some of this red sauce? This I think shit. I'm okay for now. Ooh, I put I'll too try much. But Dude. that's gonna be delicious, girl. You're gonna protest yourself. So we're we're, we're recording, right? I'll see what this this gringo will see what's up. I always say I, I when I do this I try to take small bites. Oh so that good, I don't good you idea. know the guy but do whatever you want, it doesn't matter. I should have got the carne asada tacos, I don't know why I didn't. That's the one I get all the time, like on the trucks, like you 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 finish doing a show, you're like driving home, it's like one AM and there's that food truck. Taco truck, yeah. Parked on like La Brea. There's fifty people standing outside of it. These are great. I love how everyone has their allegiance to a certain truck. Yeah. And they'll like they'll almost like fight you over which truck is better. <laughs> but it's always the truck that is closest to where they live. Right. You know what it is? That's you know what it is? What Location. Is it? Monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> monogamy. Monogamy is just brand loyalty to a person. So that's we, we, we apply it in our systems of government. We're monogamous to the Dem- Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Okay. It's really hard for us to see what the advantages of either or both are. Just one. Just one. One to solve all my problems. Right. And it's true with the uh, taco trucks. Right. That's the third that's the third leg. <laughs> I wrote a book about it. <laughs> it's you called, it's called Marriage, Brands, Politics, and Taco Trucks. Yeah. How monogamy ru- uh, ruins our lives in everyday situation. <laughs> Why did we? I mean, we invented monogamy. America. Mm-hmm. What's that? We invented monogamy. So mm-hmm. why are we? Why are we such? Why do we let it be our master? Because we built so many systems around it. Mm. It's too big to fail. It's too big to fail. <laughs> no, actually, Marriage, it's too big to fail. Except for sixty percent of the mm-hmm. time. I read this uh, thing. It was called. Uh, it was an interview with this woman who wrote this book called Public Vows, mm-hmm. and. It's a friend of mine sent it to me who's a, who's a married woman, and uh, for now I forget what the name of the it was like the the name of the website was like Quirky Bride or something like that I remember something about like when you're a married woman but you and you believe in marriage and you believe in your marriage but there's a lot of shit that you have questions about right. you don't want to just blindly go into this this thing right. so this woman wrote this book called Public Vows and it's about marriage as um, an American institution and that the point of it all is it's a show for everyone we know. Well, the it, wedding's a party for all your friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, the ceremony and, like, the after party. I, having been married, you go, you spend the time after it, you're, like, checking in on tables. Hey, everyone, you're doing, you're glad-handing while all your friends are getting drunk and dancing and having a great time. Basically, definitely. Yeah. But she said something about, like, I guess the question was, like, why do we hate polygamy so much? Why is it so, it's seen as, like, our... Even as a person who doesn't necessarily subscribe to monogamy on an everyday, polygamy bothers me. Right. And why? Right. It's been beaten to us, right? She's like, generally, polygamy is a religious belief, and it's usually oppressive. But it, it wasn't always. But the thing is that way back in the beginning of this country, they wanted, they, they made it illegal because uh, it looked too much like African marriage. And they didn't want Africans to believe African shit anymore. That's part of the... We had to break the these slaves. The government didn't want one guy getting that much strange. There you go. Yeah, like, no, no, we're against this. But then also, that's the other thing, is that it reflects our system of government. People who were monogamous were more likely to look to one political party for all of their... And polygamy is pretty patriarchal, too. Like, oh, yeah, it is. It's pretty one-sided. So it's interesting that in a, even in a society like America where... It's been. It's taken a long time for women to get equal rights and all this other kind of stuff. They were like against a system, or at least were raised and it's beat into us to be against a system that is, I don't know, unfair to women. Maybe in that way. Like, why can't women have multiple husbands? They can. Yeah, that's you just called have polyandry. To... Oh, <laughs> there's a name for it. Anthropology. Is that legal anymore? Wow. Not here. Yeah. You're getting that. Uh, that. College de- degree is really paying off. <laughs> yeah. Do you just, know various terms for relationships as a matter of Yes, fact? I do. Um, Polyandry. That's that's very nice. Anyway, I want to Vinti. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Carl. Vinti right Carmo Macchiato. Yeah. My burrito is... Falling all over the place? Crazy messy. Anybody else? Or? Well, it does say it on the sign. Oh, does the it? crazy messy burrito. No, it's not. Oh. 
No, it just says yuckus. I'm so gullible. You just have to. Well, he said it's so straight. There was a level of confidence. <laughs> you that said, I said it that with, with so yeah. much confidence. <laughs> I even believed it for five seconds. I opened the window. I just threw it right out. And threw it out. It's like that, that must have not been, belonged in there. He threw it out the window. <laughs> Um, polyandry. Yeah, polyandry. I remember seeing the show uh, Big Love on HBO. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting that they made the people who were, like, societally speaking, like, ooh, polygamist. Oh. They made them the heroes of the show. And right. And you find yourself rooting, like, don't out them. It will ruin their lives. The guy with three wives. Yikes. Mm-hmm. It's a, that was an interesting show, and I never really watched it. There was a girl I knew on it. Went to college with me. Yeah, I did a few episodes. Oh, you did. Uh-huh. It, it, was a, it was an interesting show, especially because it did a lot to kind of show polygamists as people. Oh, what's that? Oh, as opposed to monsters. As opposed to monsters. There goes Matt Knudsen. Is uh, a bag flew off that he was like, I will not be responsible for polluting. If there's one thing I hate, it's littering. Ah, oh, it's one of my oh. least favorite. Are like, you serious? Yeah, oh, dude, I like people who roll down the window and like throw a cigarette butt out they're like this will be fine you know when you the most like, common start of forest oh, fires dude you know how you like work revenge fantasies in your mind is when you see people misbehave mine is to <laughs> see someone throw a cigarette butt out at like a stoplight get out of my car walk up pick it up and throw it back in their window Ooh, you, you drop this and throw it in their passenger seat <laughs> where they have to like it's just I, I just hate people that just like nah this is just littering is my it's, biggest pet peeve. It's one of the easiest things not to do. Oh, honestly, it's, there's it's, a trash can eight right feet there. away. Eight it's, feet away. It's very easy to put things in the trash, and it's very easy to recycle things. Right. Even though every state has completely different laws about how it's supposed to go. That happened to me yesterday. I'm driving down the street, and a cup, a full cup, like a cup, just flies out of a passenger side window. I am, and I was going about, I don't know, 35, 40 miles an hour, and they were like in a turn lane or something, and I almost slammed on my brakes, which would have caused an accident, because the person behind me would have just rammed into me, mm-hmm. but just to go back there and pick it up and be like, do you have any idea what a piece of shit you are? You're like, piece of shit. <laughs> they're like, that's, that's just my pee. Question. That's yeah. my pee, bro. Yeah. You don't get it, man. It's pissed. And when you think about, like, you go to, like, other cities or like you travel abroad the thing that makes a city feel I don't know like dirty and like blight and just run down it's the streets are full of litter it's unmanaged it's like Giuliani you have have to care wasn't that Giuliani's thing in New York City Um, he refused to let I think I watched some documentary on like uh, they called it bombing like spray painting graffiti and stuff yeah and like he refused to let graffiti stay on subway cars and things like in other places for more than and he like really tried to crack down on it because it was the idea that it's the way it looks if you can if people have something nice they're going to treat it better no problem so if it looks nice or something mm, there's no question and you get to be a pride and also too I wouldn't want to like be riding a bus where somebody just like spray I feel bad enough if I if a bus was part of my everyday commute, but somebody sprayed the side of it and just like, you know, El Gato. Why? Why did you do that? Because you needed to know that El Gato was there. <laughs> That's true. I guess I answered my own question within the question. <laughs> How would you... No. It's so easy to... Good graffiti is art, but it's hard to find. Right. Yeah. There was a... Um, there was an exhibit downtown. It was all street art. And Banksy actually sponsored it. And huh. you, you could go down there for free. But it had all the old school, like, 80s graffiti art from the subways and stuff. And mm. I'll try and find a picture of it. It was really... That was that was cool, you know? Because and some of it, you looked at it and you're like, this is gorgeous. Yeah. But, of course, there was... I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Beat Street. Beat Street? The king of the beat. <laughs> it's a rock and I've not seen Beat across Street. Across the street. Have you not seen Beat Street? It's I'm very important. 1984. You, oh, my God. You know who directed right. it? No. Stan what? Lathan, who directed Def Comedy Jam as well. Wow. It kind oh. of changed how comedy is filmed. Okay. But he is also the dad of Sanaa Lathan, who's an actress. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter, or does it, because she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole thing. There's this one guy, Ramon, who is... 
because they tried to show the three the three uh, rings of what hip hop is, right? Which is dancing, breaking, you know, breaking in b-boys, DJing the music, the beats, and the graffiti. Those are mm. the three legs. Mm. So the triad. The triad. Right. The triumvirate. The trident. The trident of, of hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and the gum. And the fourth is the gum. The fourth yeah, is the gum. I was gonna say, didn't they? I thought those were twins. No. No, that's, that's double, 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 double mint, double mint. Yeah. So they tried to uh, show what was going on in New York at that time in the early '80s, where it was like this vibrant community. Mm-hmm. And there's a character, there's one of the main characters named Ramon, who's a graffiti artist, and he creates beautiful art. But there's another guy who I want to say his name is like Slime. Or something. It's something I like. I hope it's slime. I think it's. He calls himself Slimer. You're thinking spit. of Ghostbusters. That's Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, Slimer. Yeah. My yeah. bad. Eighties. I mixed up all That's the characters. Okay, it happens. So then Bill Murray. Oh wait, he wasn't <laughs> in Beat Street. Harold Ramis came in. And Harold Ramis came in. They crossed the streams. And then he was like kind of high the entire time because the movie was written for Cheech and Chong, but then they couldn't do it, and so it ended up being Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. <laughs> That's the story behind Stripes. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't know that. Which, yeah, I don't know. It, Harold Ramis wrote it for. Are you being Chicha serious Chong. right now? I'm being very serious. I believe that. It was written for Cheech and Chong, but they couldn't do it for some reason. So then it became Bill Murray, and centered around Bill Murray. And then they kind of Harold Ramis kind of became his buddy. That movie had such an impact Sheet, on my son life. Son of Beach. That Bill Murray's apartment in the beginning before he enlists, where it's just like a total bachelor pad. Yeah. That's like I remember seeing that movie and being like. That is what I, I want. aspire to, <laughs> and I have aspired to that ever since. And I, I was, this is this might sound weird, but I was thinking about this for like two hours yesterday. Uh oh, about weird. About like, Bomber's apartment and strike. Looking at my like apartment and like oh, I got a Roadhouse poster on my wall. <laughs> I got you know I just write Sam on Elliott my walls. is he on it? Is he? Uh, on no, it? it's just Dalton. Okay, well it's why you Swayze. put it up? Yeah, I put it up. Mm-hmm. Easy now. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen Roadhouse. It's just a Zamelli's mustache. I don't think I've ever seen Roadhouse, actually. You haven't? No, you guys haven't seen Beach Street. I haven't seen oh, Roadhouse. No, 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 no. I Beach have Street. seen Beach Street. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. the point Breaking, is, though, remember Breaking that two? Ramon dies, the main character? I do remember that. Why does he die? Because that other guy, the graffiti artist, spit, keeps painting over his paintings. Right. So anytime he paints something that he's proud of, someone will just come and be like they write their name on it and he's like what the fuck is this right. and then finally he finds that guy in the subway where he's trying to paint a car and he sees that Spit is there he chases him they fall over a subway track and I think they get ran over oh, or gosh. electrocuted right. you or don't both. see it it's implied right. trust me it was tasteful sure okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank god Baron gave me a, a uh, comforting embrace on the shoulder just yeah. now it was ta- could, it's tasteful Ryan well done Baron yeah. I saw Ryan on Marin last night finally Hey, congratulations. Oh, I didn't thanks. know. I thanks. didn't know. What was it? Um, what that's happened? A, that's, what was that's the deal? a lot of pussy. That that's a lot of pussy. That's a lot of pussy. my <laughs> first line on television. The camera's not on me, so I mean, there's there's some, like, uh, when I say it, but... Uh, yeah, but you bar- you can see your nose. Yeah. You're clearly it, there with your gigantic hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, my follow-up line was, uh, think about how much pussy that is. <laughs> right. So, uh, I got to call my dad. <laughs> Dad, I had a line on television because I didn't know because that was just an improv scene. Mm-hmm. Right. That was like improv right there. But um, the because uh, the line in the script was diff- totally different. Uh, That's a ton of pussy. Or, in yeah, the script, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a ton of pussy. I changed it to a lot. I improvised yeah. it. Yeah, it felt like a ton was actually just, it was, was kind of braggadocious. <laughs> yeah, two thousand pounds of pussy. So I didn't know what was going to happen until I didn't think that was going to be on the episode. Right. And so then, uh, so it was a real treat to call my dad and be like, oh, I had my first line on television. He's like, yeah. And I go, yeah, it's, uh, that's a lot of pussy. And he just starts laughing. <laughs> of course. Like, I can't did. wait to tell that story on late night someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll bleep it. Yeah. Right. I'm talking about, unless you're talking about cats, specifically. Specifically. <laughs> yeah, we definitely were not talking about cats. Oh, snazzle dazzles. Because I think, what was it? Uh, said, uh, he wanted to get paid in a bucket. For working the country of working, Sweden, yeah, a bucket of pussy. as long as you promise to pay me a put because they, you, I guess yeah. the bit was that all the comics, you, Dave Anthony, and uh, Mark were trying to impress this guy who books international markets. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just trying to riff and impress him, right. and everything everyone else says is hilarious except for Mark, right. of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the foil. That was a fun day. The foil. Yeah. That was a fun day. Oh, that's great. 
it's nice to have friends with long memories too they're like hey come in we can do this you know mm-hmm. so I don't have any of those time. I'm done <laughs> you're done in this business I'm done you're gonna wrap it up I'm wrapping it up it's a it's a grabby lunch exclusive like Bear a, and Bond like a finished Quit taco showbiz. Like a finished taco, bro. Bro, bro. I'm like a messy burrito, and it's just falling apart in my hands. Yeah. Oh, God. But guess what? That There's a little great. bit left. <laughs> yeah, did, you had a lot of burritos that fell out. Did you did. throw it all out? I uh, I did the old finger. I did it, um, I guess, African style. We just kind of grab it. I think it's just human style. <laughs> human style. K-man style. Before, pre, yeah. pre. Uh, I mean, I guess Africans are the ones that would be doing it. Well, no, no. I just said it because there's, uh, there's that the, on Fairfax. There's the oh Ethiopian. Ethiopian. Ethiopian food. Ethiopian. Little food. Ethiopia. Yeah. They just bring you piles of no, meat. No, it's, it's you eat it with your hands. And you just it. pick it up with your fingers. And they have. Have like, you ever had Ethiopian food, Ryan? I'm not sure I have. We should have well, done obviously. the podcast here. We would. Dude, Ethiopian food is incredible. It's pretty great. Do and you like Indian a- food? Oh, I love Indian. Then you will like Ethiopian. Yeah, yeah, you'd be into it. But they bring it out. They bring out a big pile of like whatever the meat is, and beads and vegetables. Well, that's. And lot. then there's a like kind of a pizza crusty looking thing. It's big and it's round. And then there's it's very thin. It's a spongy it's bread. Like, it's like naan with Indian food. Okay. Only it's thinner than that. It's spongy, and you just like. Use that to pick up the. Oh, that's yeah, delicious. They, they, the, the whole, all the food wherever you order comes out on top of the big thing of the bread. I, I forget what the name of the bread is. I love food that and you then use you kind the of, other yeah, food. You rack. ball it up in the bread. It's fantastic. I don't know why I said African food as opposed to Ethiopian. Even though in my mind I did want to say Ethiopian, I knew exactly what I was talking about. You did. It's a whole district. It's a cool. And then, and yeah, I've driven through the district before. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, when you take surface streets to get to, like, Hollywood from the airport or something, you go through there, but... Oh, Fairfax. I like the idea of any kind of, like, especially those bowls of soup that are bread. Like, oh, the clam I just chowder. love food that's, like, food Wait, that's just used, New England used clam food to eat other food. Manhattan clam chowder. You don't have to use utensils. Yeah, big time. That's what I think what potatoes are. Potatoes huh? are just kind of, like, devices to eat sour cream and butter and cheese and bacon for people. No one likes a baked potato by itself. Who eats baked potatoes by themselves? Uh, I, I actually do. You just by eat itself a, with nothing on it? Nothing on it. No you don't pepper, put any butter on it. No salt. Nothing. Well, what I do is I wrap them in tin foil. I throw like a, a few in the oven, and then when I, when I just take them out, I, I leave the skin on it and just eat it like it's an apple. Wow. That's, yeah. that's what I was thinking when you said potato. I'm like, nobody eats a potato like an apple. I do. And then you just <laughs> said that you do. I'm the exception. I will, I will grant it, but I'll like, you know. That's incredible. I don't need a tremendous amount of That's what you call I, how you eat it, uh, Irish style. Irish style. That Irish and I'm style? wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why they that's had a famine, because they were just way. eating potatoes left and right with their hands. And they're like, ah, there'll be enough for the next generation. And there wasn't. Yeah. I've never met someone who ate potatoes plain. Just, yeah, straight up with others. Knudsen, you're Irish. Uh, Danish. Of course, Knudsen. Yes. If it was O. Knudsen. Yeah. yeah. O. Knudsen. <laughs> Mick, 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 Mick Knudsen. Would you like to hear the joke? Uh oh, go ahead. People think I'm Irish because I have freckles and a drinking problem. But hey. I'm actually, hey! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a reaction. Hey! People like throw their elbows out and make that noise. Good going, guys! Yeah. Zoinks! They, they, they become Chris Fairbanks. Like, go, you boo! <laughs> Die with, ooh, you! You fucking. That's a really good Chris Fairbanks. Yeah. Really? I do a really good you, too. Really well done. I'd like to see that. I do a good Matt Kaplan. I can do. I can Mike do. Kaplan? Im- Mike Kaplan. I can do impersonations of comedians that are friends of mine when I'm not thinking about it. Right. Like if I'm telling a story and then I'm like, and then Ryan was like, that's a lot of pussy. Like that's right. that's my Ryan. It's like kind of a breathy air. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Oh, do I, am I, do I my, come off like affected? Head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. You on stage. On stage. I come off like. Uh, did, do people does it come off like I think I'm better than people when I'm on stage? Of course. What are you talking about? Okay, good. No, I don't well, know. Yeah, that, I that was the sure. intention, right? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> if I don't, then you know who's I'm better than me? You think you're better than me? Me doing something wrong. I got a pretty good mic happen. Yeah. So I was having sex with this chick, right? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mike. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, I don't know. Probably show. not. Yeah. I don't know, probably not. That could be really fun just to try to talk like Mike. Yeah. Um, it's not that hard. Uh, you can do it right now, and I did. This is actually the <laughs> first time I'm trying, and it's fun. It's well done. <laughs> We're doing Dueling Kaplan's. <laughs> I I we, should, we should change the name of this podcast. Dueling Kaplan's. Dueling Kaplan's. I think we just did. I think we just did. Mm-hmm. I got a bear and bond. Let's keep that little. Yeah. How's that? I know. I'm not beatboxing. <laughs> beatboxing. Definitely not I, It's one of the triads. 51st jokes. Yeah. 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 I said that. 
yeah. Oh, you went there at 51st Jokes. He, uh, he does his him. first joke, and then um, something happens, and then he says, here's the thing. Yeah, it's like, here's the thing about first jokes. First joke. Because I, I, it didn't work. I had this idea about therapy. I'm interested in it, go, going to it, but people have become religious about their therapy. Right. And that kind of turns me off to I it. Man. And it's it's people who tend to believe in therapy tend to not believe in any sort of organized religion. So they will condescend to, say, a Christian person who gets good advice from a pastor or a right. preacher. If you were to say, if you were to get good advice and say that your pastor told you, people would look at you like you're insane. Right. But if you said it was your therapist, people would be like, what's his number? Right? <laughs> and, and my pastor the, said, maybe I should drink a little less and uh, spend more time with my kids. <laughs> Whatever. 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 Organized yeah. religion. He just wants to touch your kid. That's what's happening. Yeah. That's a, this, what, everything I'm saying right now is better than the actual joke. Right. This is the, this is the thing I was trying to say. Sure. But I just said something about, like, if you're a Christian and you get good advice from your pastor and people are just like, ugh, a pastor, just change the word to therapist. Right. And people will come with you. Mm-hmm. And they got nothing. Right. My therapist because says I should pray to Jesus more. He sounds like a good guy. He sounds like a great guy. Great oh, guy. see? <laughs> this is, yeah, so I should have got Matt Knudsen to actually write the joke for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an actual joke. That's it. Uh, it's, I release it to the I universe. release it to the Take ether. The... Well, it's on a podcast now. People are going to know that you gave it to oh, me. Oh, God. You're going to be like, care. you know what? Baron grabbed lunch with Matt, and uh, now he does his joke. Now he does his thing. That's Son right. of a bitch. That way, if it ever doesn't work out, you're like, listen, I... But that's the thing me. about comedy that I think people who don't do stand-up don't realize. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of your stuff from your friends. Ugh. Potentially. Yeah. If somebody has some... Uh, I guess, uh, and that's the difference between that and stealing. Because you might have an idea for a bit, and you run it by a friend who is someone you like and, and respect, and sometimes they, their approach to comedy is different than yours. So they might have a line or an idea or an angle that you're like, hmm, I should think about that, or do that exact line that you just gave me. Right. That's different than taking something from a stranger completely. Yeah. Taking it from a stranger and then making it your own, if you will. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Am, I, am I right? Well, I, 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 sort of, I have a very similar idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody comes up to you after you've done a set. I actually have a thing about uh, burritos and, and the yucca. Yeah. And like the thing I just said just right now? Yeah, it's kind of like that, only it's different. It's, I mean, you get it. You, you know I think sometimes when people to say that to you, <laughs> I think sometimes when people say that to you, they want to make sure that if you ever see them doing something right. similar, that you know. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I almost feel like times, it would be fun to go up to every comic after every show now and just potentially I may want to do a joke about burritos at the Yucca Stand. Right. So I don't have one, but because they would never know if you just walked up to them and said, uh, I just want you to know I got a I got a real similar idea about like burritos at the Yucca Stand. I just don't want you to think. And then you just, I mean, I don't think it would be fun genuinely, but right. like you could just say it to fucking, to everybody you about could. every joke. It's funny, I have a verbatim thing to what you just said, <laughs> including words and facial expressions. I'm going to be doing that exact You're going to be doing that exact thing exactly. later in this podcast, this very podcast. For <laughs> the set right after you I, uh, I, I, I done that once to one comic where they said something that was a similar idea, but completely different. Right. And it was something that I had done literally the day before. And I was like, well, I, if I want to work on that bit, I should say to him that, like, I have a, just in case he sees me, he's not going to think that, because they're different enough right. that we can both do our respective right. bits. And that's happened before. I've had a comic, ooh, I had a comic once. I won't name names. Well, Tell me. just give us his first and last name. Okay. Tell me, <laughs> he had a bit. Not middle name. I mean, we went on out of He hadn't seen me do a show for a while. Right. And, you know, I have this whole bit about DuckTales and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about the 90s cartoon theme songs. So we were doing a show together that he was the headliner on, and he said, hey, I heard that you have a bit about DuckTales and stuff. I would appreciate it if you didn't do that joke tonight. Hmm. Because I have something that's not the same angle, but I, I also sing it in a different bit. And I would... Uh, I just feel like it would be weird if we both did that. Right. And by that time, I wasn't even really doing the joke anymore. Right. So it was like a preemptive... Don't do your joke so I can do my Listen, joke. Uh, Baron, I heard that you have a DuckTales thing, and, and I like the joke, and I'd like to do it. I'd like to so do it tonight. So if you not do it, because uh, I want to I wanna do it if instead it the, of you. If it was the 50s, that's, right. that would be a yeah. real thing. In lieu yeah. of you doing it, I want it. I want hey, to do it. That was yeah. a great joke, kid. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to buy it. I'll buy it for $4. Hey, you can either take the money. sell it. Or I still do it. And that's how Woody Allen financed his first film. Yeah. I actually, um, they had the 50th anniversary of the improv. and it was Is that like true? A, what? 
what you just said? The story? About Woody Allen financing his first film. Oh no. no I, I mean he sold a buttload of he sold a buttload of jokes before he yeah, started yeah, doing yeah, stand up, yeah, but yeah. I don't think he made enough to finance it. That was uh, you know, the kids in the hall, uh, that the sketch group. That term was lifted from like comedy joke writers or people who had actually literally want to get into the industry, they'd wait in the hall outside of the TV writers' rooms and they had like material ready to go. They're like, Yeah, it's just I would, anybody got anything and they go to the people that they already hired and if they didn't have an idea or a joke or a premise or something they'd like, ask the kids in the hall let's go ask one of the kids in the hall and that's became like huh. a, that became a term oh, that makes a lot of sense yes, it's cool yeah. but I was doing a 50th anniversary show at the improv and I was hosting like from 11 to 1am I just did the block but every comedian was doing like 3 minute blocks and they, they probably put up like 200, 200 people there. Oh, wow. But I, there was a guy who did a joke, and they were consecutive, back-to-back. And I guess the guy didn't see it. He must have been at the bar or something. But a guy had something about the AVN Awards, the uh, adult film mm-hmm. awards, and like how, like if a woman won, oh, I'd like to thank my dad, I'd like to thank... So he did that. And it, I mean, it's kind of tired. It's, a, you know, it's not a really great joke. Porn stars have issues with yeah. their fathers, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, but the guy, directly after it, did it almost... Verbatim. verbatim almost verbatim and almost I mean it, it didn't make me think that they like that he, somebody saw it and I had seen two dozen guys do something like oh you're, I bet your dad's really proud of you and, and so the guy got off the stage the second guy who you know he kind of ate it a little bit because people had already heard it mm-hmm. but he was coming off he was all confused I, I, I don't know what happened but I went back off that stage afterwards I didn't want to throw him under the bus but I was just like we all we all saw that. We all are aware of what this moment is, and everyone didn't say anything, but they just kind of like nod. And I was like, "This is this is comedy industry, guys. That's how it works sometimes." Oh, wow. And I just kind of like moved on and brought the next person up. But it, it was that whole temperature of the room was like, "Is this like a Kaufman kind of bit happening uh-huh. here? It's the joke within the joke within the joke." Because that was like the next four guys, <laughs> right, you know. and then that, that bit would just, be funny. but that bit slowly. That's the bit slowly like dives into some weird, dark, like real crazy place. Right? Next underbelly. You have a but you have like ten comedians come on one after another, tell the same joke, completely confused. Every time one word changes until it's just gibberish. It's the same rhythm but gibberish. Mm, it's your show's really version funny. of the aristocrats. That could be really funny. There you go. I'll do that. I'll do that show. But you you send them the script the, and see how close they can come to memorizing it. Like the week before. Mm-hmm. The script of the joke? The script of the joke. The Gigantic ver- joke. The, the, the paragraph that takes like two, three minutes to get through. The monologue, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then everyone just says the exact yeah. same words with their own voice hmm. and see how it goes. Hmm. I like that. I did listen to that show briefly. Um, very briefly. <laughs> briefly. But uh, the point is, yeah. No, that would be a lot of fun to do, that show. And, you know, if you could keep it, confine it to like a 10-minute thing, for sure. Seven minutes, even. Mm-hmm. Which means ten minutes for you. That is a big. <laughs> That's a big fear of mine, though, to uh, not be in the room, to not hear. Oh man, when I first started out, that was my. That was I was adamant about being early in the show, and because I didn't obviously I didn't think I was as good as the people that were going to be at the end of the show. Right. I didn't want the threat of having to follow someone that was incredible. Right. Plus, I had three jokes about three subjects that were not incredibly original. (laughs) So it's like, if someone else did a joke about Harry fucking Potter, I'm sunk. Because they're going to come up with something amazing. My shit's predictable. So I got to get on there and say it before anyone else says anything about that subject or my whole act is burnt. (laughs) Which only happened twice when I remember doing five minutes at these freaking mics. And somebody couple people I was like 10th or something and, and enough people had gone on that anything I was going to talk about had already been covered right. and I was just scrambling just like I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say right. I have to come up with completely different material when I go on stage right now and then uh, ate my dick as they say <laughs> you're, you're talking about my dad room. oh I was going to talk about Son my dad specifically talking about Baron Vaughn's father are they stuffed no they're should we all just eat one just to see I'm not a big jalapeno fan, but I'm I will, out of lemonade. Take one. I will eat one just to. I'm out of lemonade too. I'm gonna take a bite, just you know, a the, bite, the not a whole. The seeds are the the keys. Yeah, this is where the true fuego exists. Hey, hey, cheers! cheers. We're toasting our jalapenos. Okay. Don't do the whole thing. Oh my god! You ate the whole fucking thing. Dude. I put it in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I like jalapenos too. Fuck. 
look really hot. <clears throat> this isn't a big dick contest. <coughs> hmm. It's a spicy dick. That's where you're wrong. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be more wrong. Oh, Welcome man. back to the big dick contest with Mac. Ooh. With Mac. Mac. I was going to say, because I want to say Kanuzi. People say Mac all the time. They call you Mac? Yeah, well, because the, the T and the K are together, so it's, hey, it's Mac Knudsen. Like, Mac? And it's like, well, no, it's not. It's not Mac, because I don't drive a truck in the 50s. Uh, it's, just, yeah. it's just Mac. I think I've met one other Mac in my lifetime. And he's like, yeah, people always think it's Mac. I was like, people always think it's Mac! So huh. we had a... I guess I only know one Mac. Mac. He's a guy who used to... Um, Mac the Knife? used to work the kitchen at Go Bananas Comedy Club. Uh-huh. It was like Cincinnati, a side job. Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and, you know, had some other, like, he was a builder, like a construction guy during the day, like a contractor or something. Mm. Cool, <coughs> cool dude. That same kitchen had a guy named Tim McGraw. Tim, the Tim who McGraw? Who you may now know. Country singer? As the country superstar. Tim you talking about Faith Hill's wife? Worked the kitchen at Go Bananas. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. No, of course not, but like... He, uh, <laughs> he didn't really? No, he didn't. Oh, no. wow, that's really... That's almost better than my Home of the Messy Burritos show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there was a I, commitment. I, Plus, I, you I attached was, a celebrity, too. Yeah. That was some payback. Plus, and, uh, Tim McGraw working at the kitchen of a comedy club makes total sense to me. <laughs> yeah. These country stars have such sordid backstories. Back there dropping wings and working on lyrics. Well, I used to make some wings. People saying fun things <laughs> on the stage in front of an audience full of drunks. And then I. <laughs> we were just feeding I know, you guys are like, you guys are like, what's happening? It was great. Hey, listen, you got Will the first Will he write a whole song? I actually yeah, woke up to morning, to morning, this morning, with a uh, well, song. It was morning. It was so morning. You bro- woke up to morning. I woke up You're to morning. Wrong. I woke up to morning this morning mm-hmm. uh, with a song in my head that is not a real song, but it's a song that sounds like. It would be a hit in the 70s. Right. Like Vietnam 70s. Uh, like Donovan. Mm-hmm. Donovan would be singing it on the Ed Sullivan Mellow show. Yellow Yellow. Right. It, it was called Springtime, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it has like Springtime, a just big a band. Springtime. Oh, the birds are in the trees. Springtime. Oh, just feel the breeze. He doesn't like that. Wow. People dancing all in the park. From sunup down to dark. It's springtime. Oh, just a little bit. That's how it sounds. Oh, okay. It feels like it's bit. on the OJs or like, you know, Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night. It does people it. laughing, people dancing, folks going to the Sunshine Park. Yeah, what is it's song? great. <laughs> Sunshine Park. Sunshine Park. Now, what do you think of corporate hippie? That's the thing, Donovan. Right. It's like he's a hippie, but he's in a suit. <laughs> he's not as mellow as you think he is. Yeah. Sure, he's yellow, but <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of that song. People. I like to try to sing all every song that's on the radio. I like to try to sing it as if, like, how would Waylon Jennings sing this song? Right. That's like about the extent of my like. I think that's a perfect. Vocal. Give me an example, please. Uh, well, give me a, like a, a modern song. Popular song that's out right now that, um, that I probably won't know. That's what I'm saying. What, what popular songs uh, do you know? Oh, oh wait, what's that song? Uh, B a n a n a s bananas. That shit is bananas. B a yeah. Go, go bananas. Gwen uh, Stefani. Let's go bananas. Go bananas. Let's go bananas. B a n a n a s. That shit's bananas. I do the same thing with Michael McDonald. Really well. Really well done. You do the Waylon Jennings, I do the Michael Bell Jones. the shit as bananas. Or, how about this one? We can do this one. Hey, Jude. <laughs> Don't make it bad. That's, Don't make it bad. That's as far as you can go. That's fine. Uh, yes. Everyone's starting to stare, guys. Yeah. My, uh, my least favorite is the talk song. Or like somebody does the thing live and then they fit all the words in the first half measure of the song. Like, how does it feel? The Bob Dylan song, I saw him live, the talk song, the whole thing. It's like, how's it feel? Do we on you? have all the music still playing behind it, but he already got all the lyrics of the measure out oh, huh. before he. It's like Rex Harrison in My Fair Lady. The talk song, the thing, yeah. before the music started. If I could and then walk like, with the animals. If I could walk with the animals. Walk with the animals. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I actually did competitive erotic fan fiction the other day, and that's the suggestion I got. Was Doctor? Nice. Do- actually, it was Mister Doolittle. It's just which, which, yeah, which Brian riffed on. He's just like he didn't go to animal speaking doctor school to be called Mister. <laughs> so I wrote it, but I also realized that everyone is thinking about the Eddie Murphy Doctor Doolittles, right. and I 
instantly think about the Rex Harrison. Right. The old Disney ones. If I could talk to the animals. To walk with the animals. And that's what I wrote my story about was his son that was half goat. Right. Because he found out that the animals were DTF. <laughs> Did you win? No. I don't remember who won. I think it was Eliza. All I remember is not me. That's yeah. All I remember. That's all I remember. I've done that show a couple times, and both of the times I've tried to do. Um, there's like a, a show called a, uh, Erotic Fan Fiction where you write stuff on the night. I'm just telling the, the listeners. Yeah. I've done it twice. Competitive erotic competitive, fan Competitive, yes. And then it, it, the audience judges whose thing was best. I was very stressed out. And, uh, did you do I, the first I, round where you write it beforehand? No, I didn't. Oh, I you didn't. did the second round. But the both times I've done that, because sometimes they'll they'll bring stuff that's already been written, and then sometimes you, you write it that night. But I, um, I don't know. I, I didn't do the one before because you have the excuse of like, I just thought of this, guys. I, you yeah. saw, I just, I went back. But if you have like three days to craft it, you're like, and then he penetrated the goat. You're like, oh, what is, what is wrong with you? I did the, I did the uh, prepared round uh-huh. because I was worried that I wouldn't know any of the suggestions. Right. <laughs> but you can look them up. I guess that's true. And sometimes that, that's part of the fun. Yeah. I remember the first, first time I did it, I got Punky Brewster. And I couldn't remember anything about Punky Brewster. Mm -hmm. So I went on Wikipedia and looked at a couple of the character names. And I'm like, "Ah, I think I get it. George Gaines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, George Gaines, exactly. It's Commandant Lassard. Commandant Lassard. Where's Punky? Punky. Yes, at Police Academy. He was also in Tootsie. Are They're remaking did, that. You did a Police wonderful Academy. scene. Are they oh, really? really? Yeah. Wow, i got to keep this hair. Steve Gutenberg used to go to my How gym. do I get an audition for that? I have no idea. I don't know if they're... <laughs> I think Steve Gutenberg's asking the same yeah, question. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg <laughs> <laughs> asking the same question, Ryan. That's How do I get in on this? How do I get in on this Police Academy? How do I get this sweet Police Academy? I loved those movies as a kid. I mean, I They're saw awesome. probably all five of them. Yeah. 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 G.W. Bailey, I would have to say, is probably the most successful of that cast that's still... G.W. Bailey? G.W. Uh, Bailey was Captain Mauser. He was the evil guy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he's, he's been on like a million and one things. He's on, he's on The Closer. He's been on... Yeah. If, you, if you see the picture of G.W. Bailey, you're like, oh. You know who he is. hasn't stopped working since the Police Academy movies. I don't think a lot of those guys Well, like the, the you say G.W. Bailey and I recognize <laughs> the name even. Even though I can't think, I'm like I recognize that name. I don't remember what he looks like. He actually founded the circus. He's he's the bailiff oh, of that. that he, he's that half. He's of he before the great before Barnum. This, before yeah. Barnum. Yeah. It's really bad at being bad. Right. What's that? In those movies, G. Oh, yeah. Bailey was. Right. He was just perfect. Absolutely. Well, those '80s comedies, dude. I mean, I, that's like they say that seven, the '70s was the the uh, the golden age of American film. Uh, Easy I think Riders that, and Raging Bulls. I think that the 80s was the golden age of American comedies. Right. I think that those 80s comedies with a lot of the people that I think influenced us, you know, the Bill Murrays and the Eddie Murphys and the Steve Martin, John I Candy, all the like, time. I in would, just incredible uh, comedies. I want to be Bill Murray. You want to be Bill Murray? Absolutely. I had that. That was my thought the whole time. Just like you're watching SNL or, you know, you see him in Stripes or Caddyshack. You're just like, uh, how can you be like grouchy and lovable what what are the thoughts in your huh. head when you say those lines and make you like like you watch Scrooged and you're yeah. like oh, he's such a dick I like but him I love him I exactly. love him how do you do it great I would have preferred uh, Stripes a little bit more with Cheech and Chong that was my only casting note. <laughs> <laughs> so they really, uh, Harold Ramis wrote it for Cheech and Chong. He wrote it for, it was a Cheech and Chong vehicle, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. And I don't remember exactly how it didn't work out, but then it ended up being built. That's why it, it's... The, no, no, it just went up in smoke. The whole it was supposed to be like they were... They called it Nice Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be like two potheads joined the army. Yeah. That's the that's the, that's a premise and a half. Right. Right there. That's why that whole thing with the weird truck at the... The weird van at the end oh, they're yeah. driving around Germany or something yeah. is like or Russia or whatever the hell is so like very, something very Cheech and Chong about it. When you think about that it was written for Cheech and Chong when you watch it again you'll be like oh yeah. Yeah I saw like Chong was quoted about like the Denver and the, the Colorado legalizing pot. Oh yeah? Thing. There was like a, a pull quote from him he said I'd light up. <laughs> what a scoop! Tommy Chong would light up? Oh thanks. So glad we... But now I'm trying to, to imagine, like... But here's my question. Would he light up? <laughs> now I'm trying to imagine, like, Cheech and Chong and Spies Like Us. Yeah. No, that was not written um, for Cheech and Chong. But no, yeah. but now I'm imagining them in all of in those Ishtar, similar... yeah. Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. <laughs> DuckTales. 
very Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong are super high here in Duckburg. Seriously, <laughs> did I mention that they're super high? They would light up. <laughs> a lot of singing on this podcast. Yeah. You get Baron Vaughn on a podcast, yeah, he's, he's going to do gonna, a little... He's, he's I think you, it's like, you know, I bring it out. You know, I like to think that just my presence Man. brings out singing in people. Sure. It always has. Well, in my heart, okay, okay. generally, but not. It's yeah, never yeah. manifested through my throat. Yeah. You know, because I come from a long line of singers. You know, that's why. I didn't realize that. Well, no, that's why you, I got. We got the name when we came into the country. <laughs> and Ellis Island. Ah, yeah, actually, no, but actually, it's a. I guess a very. It's a very popular German Jewish name. Singer. Singer. Yeah. It's like Smith. Interesting. Most people think I'm Jewish. It's because of your. Uh, I got nothing. Because my hair. <laughs> because of your. My hair and my name. Uh, and then you're like, I might say something insensitive. Uh, I got nothing. Yep, I got nothing. I don't. I didn't have anything. I was like something hacky. It's because of going to come out of my mouth. Because of a funny example, I can think of. Is that why they do it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I'm starting to get a little tan. Oh, uh-huh. even get black some people. Sunblock. Yeah. He's put this coat on. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that I have a person coming up. You have a what? Someone's meeting you? Yeah, my uh, my writing my writing partner one, but it's only twelve oh five. So we're going. oh okay, your writing you, partner. You have a writing partner? Yeah, somebody who knows how to write. <laughs> that's, that's my writing partner. Interesting. I got a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas. Oh, not like my, a... my follow through is shit. So you're, you're talking about like it is outside shit. of stand up writing. No, actually, he is a stand up. He doesn't really do stand up as much anymore because he doesn't really know many people in L.A. He. The hit, uh, going to war really interrupted his stand-up career. I would imagine. Yeah. Was he a, a veteran? or he just... uh, He's not a veteran. I mean, he's still in the Army. He's in active duty. But he was in the, the reserves. Who's this person? His name's Benari. Have you not met Benari Poulton? No. no okay. I don't think I have. He's a guy I know from Boston. Oh, okay. uh, he went to... He actually has a degree in... A uh, master's degree in screenwriting from NYU. Wow. And uh, he was a stand-up and an improviser in, in Boston. And... Uh, Moved here a couple of years ago, but we we were working on a lot of stuff in New York before I moved here. But then he had to go to Baghdad for a year, right? And then he had to go to Afghanistan for a year. Mm-hmm. So that kind of got in the way of, especially because it's like a lot of the guys that he went to school with are like kind of high up in Hollywood now. Like one of his closest friends from school is like showrunner on Glee, and he's like, I still can't get me a job, but he's the showrunner on Glee. Right. Well, okay. Interesting. <laughs> You guys know um, there's a guy who used to direct at the Groundlands. He had his own improv theater, Stan Wells, who's he's really up there with like like Gary Austin and like Cynthia Segetti as far as like these improv guru teachers. You were involved in the Groundlings? Oh no, you're Acme. I was an Acme guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done yeah. stuff at the Groundlings. I've done stuff at IO. I kind of you know have that improv arrow in the quiver, so to speak. Mm. But his son, uh, Colin, is. He's in the. He's, he's a specialist. He's in the. He, I think he just was discharged, but he's is in the army, and uh, he went over to Afghanistan. And his dad, Stan, I love him, but he's so like anti-war and anti, you know, establishment government thing. I was just so worried about Colin while he was at war, but almost even more so worried about Stan yeah. because it's just like if he lost his only son in a war that was. That he didn't Unjust, believe in that he didn't believe in it was just I would yeah I don't know what would have happened to him but he went out he went to Afghanistan and he actually um, took documentary footage and made this great like piece for ABC News because a couple of the groundlings like uh, uh, Jordan Black and yeah. uh, uh, Mindy Sterling and people would like go over on these military tours they were like kind of USO sponsored and they do improv shows and mm. so Colin was actually over there as a soldier taking footage and he knew all those guys because his dad Stan was the director of the Groundlings so mm. you know Tim Bagley yeah Tim Bagley all these guys would like come up from the Groundlings so they knew Colin when he was like a three year old five year old ten year old he'd, wow. be, he'd be sitting at the at the edge of the stage watching all these people that he's come up from, from being a kid yeah and wow. then he was a soldier in Afghanistan profiling them for his little documentary piece. that's really cool I'll send you guys the link it, it was really cool. really touching really cool yeah, my writing partner doesn't necessarily support the war, but he is in the army. Right. So you can't do. He, he was in the army before there was before 9/11. So it's like you kind of you just can't do anything about it. It's like you 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 volunteered. This is a volunteer army. 
Right. You already volunteered. Yeah, but it was before all this stuff. But this is when we need you now. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, if he... You, you, you get out of high school, you go to the Army. You do 20 years. You have the full government pension, and you're 38 years old. You're like, all right, everyone. Ready for... And he's close to that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But he still has his, I would imagine, his mind and his ambition and his... Oh, yeah, you know, man. Because you could even do more Smart. tours or whatever. I, like, my grandpa was life Air Force. And, you know... Life Force? A, he yeah. was Life Force? He was, he was Air America? Forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, they don't tell you that, but if you if you do 40 years in the Air Force, you never die. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> They let you is this like feel like they're all working at Gopher yeah. yeah. This is yeah. one of those stories. So, right? But Tim he's got like a nice farmhouse and some land in Ohio. Like, you know, but he's invested his money wisely too, right. which has helped him. But, I mean, you can have a nice career as a military person. Oh, yeah. Time. My brother was in the Army uh, during Gulf One. He entered, uh, he got out in like 80, out of high school in like 88, 89. And so he was in the Army and they actually... Uh, you know, he was called to go over there, but that was when the Iraqis were surrendering to CNN news crews. So we, you know, so mm-hmm. he didn't actually have to go over there. Mm-hmm. But when he got out, he uh, got a career. He's a letter carrier. He's a, well, through wind, through rain, through snow. Mm-hmm. But it's in uh, Southern California. So he's, no. yeah. Through <laughs> true sun, through, through more smog. sun. Through, through small. I think I know through, this woman. I think this, I know this woman getting burritos right now. Really? Are we having a celebrity drop in? It's, she is kind of a celebrity, yeah. Who is if it? If it's who I think it is. I can't tell if it's her. It means Kate Burton. Which, as it the daughter of Richard. Of Burton's I love the way your hat is on your head right now. Goes, I'm trying to block my head from the sun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> daughter of Richard. <laughs> I called him Dickie B. But that's just me. Dickie B? Dickie B. Her mother was the one that uh, he left for Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, speaking of which, this is what I was going to say. Because we were talking about war. I just saw this interesting documentary, speaking of theater and shit. Um, forget what it's called, but it's about a play called Mother Courage and Her Children, uh-huh. which is by Bertolt Brecht. Bertolt and Brecht. Bertolt Again, Brecht. that college degree. Bertolt in. Brecht. Yeah. And they did it in New York at the uh, Shakespeare in the Park or the, the Delacorte Theater. And uh, it was Meryl Streep and uh, Kevin Klein and Austin Pendleton. Cool. And so this documentary was about that production, but really about the bigger message of the play and who Brecht was. And he, he was a German playwright and he came to the United States after the war, during the war actually, World War II. As a result of the war. Yeah. <laughs> right. he, he was just, because he's Jewish, so he was like, I'm getting the fuck out of Germany. Let's just say and see how this goes. No, exactly. no, let's, uh, let's... Exactly. Let's wrap it up. Let's but, ride this one out. <laughs> his... No, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's you. not a, a winter gonna storm. Be, yeah. You're actually going to be... There was, there was footage of him in front of the uh, the House on American. Oh, good God. Yeah. The House on American activities. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's affecting this really thick German accent and not understanding. And it's... You hear his daughter saying that, like... She's like, what did you think when you saw this footage? I was like, the old fake... He speaks English way better than that. Yeah. And he was just been like, yes, I am not. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. It's like, it's like a vaudeville routine what he did in front of that. Yeah. It, became, it was performance art. Right. But here's the thing that I never thought of. There was a guy who was Brecht's assistant in Germany. So basically all this stuff was happening in Berlin post-World War II. It, the city was destroyed. It was ravaged, right? They were in recovery. And I guess this guy, and it's the first time I ever thought about this, he was in a German soldier, but it was a mandatory draft. If you were able-bodied in German, you were in the military. Okay. It doesn't matter if you didn't believe in Hitler at all. Right. You were the, a Nazi. You were not, yeah. yeah. Right. But it was the first time I ever thought it's like of... like a former pope. Right. It was the first time I ever thought of the German military as not being into it. Right. You know what I mean? Because when we think about that war, we think, oh, they were just trying to kill us. Everybody believed it. But there was, toward the end of it, they were, they could tell they weren't going to win. Right. There were people who didn't believe in Hitler. They were just afraid like everybody else. And he was like, the first, he's like, I had to get, he's like, the first thing I was going to do is I was going to surrender. Right. He's like, that was the first thing I was going to do is come out with my hands up. Because they were like, I'll just be in a POW Not like camp. raising the roof party with Yeah. Like oh. in a surrender. Like, he's like, I'll yeah. be in a POW camp yeah. and just ride this out. Oh. 
Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. So we got. Oh, wow. So we're getting a high sign that we need to actually move this table out of the liquor store parking lot. So. Uh, oh. Okay. So BaronVaughn.com, RyanSinger.com. Yeah. RyanSingerComedy.com. RyanSingerComedy. Anything else you guys want to talk about for a moment? Deep shit podcast. Check it out. The end. Yeah. Everything's on my website. That's anything. Done. I guess. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for lunch. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, guys, that was it. Episode 14. Thanks again to Baron Von Reinsing for hanging out with me and the Yucca Burrito Stand on uh, Hillhurst in Los Feliz. Go check them out. They were very good people. Um, check out grabbinglist.com. Check out mattknutson.com. M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Got episodes coming out every Wednesday, so do not be a stranger. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or GrabbingLunch.com. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. And in the immortal words of Russell Simmons, thank you all for coming. God bless. 